Hello, this is Cynthia Concordia from Dream to Rise. Welcome to our 25th episode of Season 2. How can my pain lead to my purpose? We usually see pain as an essential instrument that protects the body from danger and harm. It can be a useful way for our bodies to tell our brains when a stimulus is a threat to our overall well-being. However, it can also be a catalyst for growth and transformation prompting individuals to reflect on their experiences and make new life choices, deepen their compassion and empathy for others, awaken gratitude and appreciation for what they have, move them to take action and confront injustice, and inspire them to seek out healthier habits and relationships. Transforming pain into purpose is the process of reframing painful experiences as what opportunities for learning and and by doing so individuals can find renewed purpose in their lives and contribute to the greater good i'm truly fortunate to have our guest dog farrier who will share with us how he was able to handle his pain and challenges as a means to change how he perceives life in a positive way dog is an accomplished coach mentor, consultant, speaker, author, father, and entrepreneur who has successfully bootstrapped two businesses. He is the founder of Apex Metal Industries, a company that leads the way in custom metal fabrication and installation in Southern Ontario. With a deep passion for making a positive impact, Dog's mission is to reduce male suicides in the construction industry while empowering high achievers to perform at their best and live a balanced life. Motivated by a personal experience that shed light on the alarming rates of male suicides in the construction sector, he dedicated himself to addressing this critical issue. He has set his sights on becoming a leading advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention in the construction industry, actively working with industry professionals, associations, and government bodies to implement impactful initiatives and create a supportive community for those in need. Let us welcome Dog Ferrier. Hello, welcome to our Dream to Rise podcast, and we have a very special guest, uh, who who's uh, who is dear to me, no, who has been uh my well, how would you say a colleague or a friend with the same coach, <laughs> and uh, we work together with the same coach, and uh, it's it's great to to be um to have him not only as someone that I knew from the community, but uh, I consider him as a friend, a very nice friend. So I would like to introduce you, who is a, he is an accomplished coach, mentor, consultant, speaker, author, father, and entrepreneur who has successfully bootstrapped two businesses. He is the founder of the Apex Metal Industries, 
a company that leads the way in custom metal fabrication and installation in Southern Ontario. And with deep, with a deep passion for making a positive impact, his mission is to reduce male suicide in the construction industry while empowering high achievers to perform at their best and live a balanced life. With over 10 years of experience in the business world, he has honed his skills in strategic planning, leadership development, and organizational growth. Uh, his keen insights and practical approach have helped numerous companies achieve remarkable results and unlock their full potential. Oh, that's great. Motivated by a personal experience that shed light on the alarming rates of male suicides in the construction sector, he dedicated himself to addressing his critical, this critical issue. He has set his sights on becoming a leading advocate for mental health, uh, mental health awareness and suicide prevention in the construction industry, actively working with industry professionals, associations, and government bodies to implement impactful initiatives and create supportive, a supportive community for those in need. Wonderful. Recognizing the unique challenges faced by high-achieving parents, he has also delved into the realm of performance coaching. His ex expertise in optimizing productivity, enhancing work-life balance, and fostering personal growth has made him a sought-after mentor for individuals and teams looking to thrive in their professional and personal lives. As a speaker, he captivates audiences with his engaging storytelling, authentic presence, and practical strategies. Passionate, driven, and endlessly committed to making a difference he is an inspiring force in the business world and a catalyst for change in the construction industry. Through his speaking engagement, he continues to touch hearts, motivate minds, and create a brighter future for all. Without further ado, let us all welcome Doug Burrier. Hello, Doug. Welcome. Hello, Cynthia. Thank you for the welcome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It was so nice to see you once again after quite some time, right? Yes, it's been a, been a while since we've connected and had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yes, and uh, it's great to uh, to reconnect and uh, hopefully, I'm sure with your life experience, you'll be able to touch the lives of other people who are here listening and uh, empowering them that there's truly light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So let's go and get started. Can, can you tell us something about yourself that brought you to where you are right now? And what would be your biggest obstacle you had to overcome? The biggest obstacle I had to overcome would be a lot of the stuff I was told growing up mm -hmm. and the stories that we carry with us from childhood to adulthood. And then the fear of going against the family values and the family has their own perspective of how you should live your life and when I was at my darkest moment in life my family values didn't help get me out of there so I knew I needed to do something different and that darkest moment was in November of 2014 I stood at the edge of a roof that I was working on 14-story building I looked over the edge and I thought about jumping. 
I was in such internal turmoil and internal conflict that I felt like that was the best solution. And that moment there changed my life drastically and the lives of everybody I've come into contact with since. And I make it a mission to try and be a positive impact on everybody I encounter ever since. But what made you uh, change that that decision? Because you were there, right there at the top of the building. And then what message did you get from where that made you that made you make that shift? There were, there were two messages that combined together. Uh -huh. I'm a father, and I didn't want to do that to my kids. I lost my dad when I was 12 years old. Uh -huh. And I know the impact that had on my life. My father passed away from cancer. He didn't have the choice to go that way. It was decided for him. And here I was about to make a decision that would alter the lives of my kids. How forever. old were your kids? During that time, um, at the time, my daughter would have been six, and my oh, son my. was sixteen. Oh my! Yeah, they're they're still very young. Yeah. And during that time, what was that biggest problem um, that you had to obstacle that made you put the? I mean, made you decide to go to that building? I I was the biggest problem. <laughs> Ultimately, it, it was it was my mindset, the way I was thinking and viewing things. And I'd recently quit smoking, so and I was recently separated. So the relation, the person I was as a smoker was gone. Um, the relationships had failed. After my my second marriage had failed, I started dating my high school sweetheart. That relationship went sour. We just, we were not good together. Um, and once that failed, and then my business was failing massively. I would have been better off having a job at McDonald's. Mm. Or so I felt. So everything was, it felt like the whole world was closing in on me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't looking beyond today. I was looking at the current moment. I wasn't able to see my vivid future. Were you the only one uh, taking care of your your daughter during that time? No, you, uh, uh, you were still married. No, we were separated, you but were... she lived with her mom. Oh. So I would only see her on Tuesday nights. I would drive typically an hour to see her. We would go out for dinner, hang out for a couple hours, then I'd take her back to her mom's, and I would drive home, and then I would have her every second weekend. And those times together, when we were together, it was just amazing. I loved it. I lived for those moments. So that was but then every time... the, the light, the message that tells you that, hey, you have you still have that daughter who would need you. Yeah. Uh -huh. okay. And every time I dropped her off, it was like I was going down this memory lane of I'm alone. Loneliness. And I'd gone from, I lived with my family growing up. I moved out of the house in with my first ex-wife. When we split up, I moved in with family. 
lived with family for a bit. Then I moved in with my second ex-wife. When we split up, I lived with my sister for a bit and I lived with the next woman. And then I was on my own. I wasn't living with anybody. It was just me. So during that time, you were really depressed. Yeah. Of no value in life. Mm -hmm. So um, you've made that decision and you told yourself that enough is enough. What did you do to help you overcome all those blockages? I know you stopped smoking. Were there are any other temporary uh, uh, things which you did to really help you relieve for for the meantime or what? There, there was one major. It was a simple thing, but it was major. major. The impact it had on my life was just phenomenal. It was so massive. It was. I wouldn't believe that it would have this much of an impact on my life if somebody told me it would. Mm -hmm. I had to go through it myself to realize it and it was simply changing my morning routine because when you start your day you're setting the, your tone for the day so before i quit smoking my morning routine was wake up maybe i hit the snooze button a couple times because wasn't really excited about getting out of bed and it got worse after when i hit my dark stage but i get up i'd go turn on the kettle I'd go to the bathroom, freshen up, wash up, go make my coffee, go outside, and have a cigarette. Taking in all those chemicals right away. Then, if that wasn't bad enough, I'd go inside, and I'd turn on the TV to the local 24-hour news channel. And it was just a half-hour cycle of horrible news the saying is if it bleeds it leads and this news channel was famous for it i could guarantee almost every morning they would be talking about a shooting or a stabbing or something really negative and that's what i was taking in and that's that's how i started my days so when i quit smoking that helped a bit then i changed how i was drinking my coffee i got rid of the sugar I got rid of the milk. Now I drink my coffee black. I stopped watching that news channel. Mm -hmm. More aware of what I put in my body. I actually get up in the morning and it varies a little bit. Very first thing I do is I drink one of these full of water, 22 ounces of water. And I'll have lemon water throughout the day. But the very first thing I do is I have water. I just had, depending on the night, five to eight hours of sleep with no hydration. My brain is thirsty. Everybody's brain is thirsty when you wake up. Yeah. So rehydrate the brain right away. Get it functioning. And then I start to read. And I read books that are health books, like self-development, professional development, books that help me grow. And I meditate. The meditation is taking a bit of a backseat right now, but I still get it done from time to time. And I just I changed my whole morning routine. I even set an alarm on my phone that... It would go off and it was actually, we joked about it being a creepy man's voice because <laughs> it was kind of weird to wake up to this man's voice. <laughs> and it was, it was actually a Nike motivational commercial. Uh -huh. okay. And the alarm would go off and that would start going and I would leave it playing. Like I'd get up right away out of bed and I would leave it playing. I'd let it play the whole way through. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would start my day. 
did to you, energize myself. Did you engage in any physical activity? A little bit, mm. not enough. But the more I engaged in physical activity, the better I felt. Okay. What, did you do, what did you do in terms of physical activity? There's a time I was going to the gym um, three to four times a week. Oh, okay. I I really enjoy jogging because I enjoy being outside. Um, I get shin splints really bad. I remember one time I went for a jog and I literally had to sit down. I couldn't even walk. They were so bad. Okay. Um, so I, I discovered I don't have to be that elaborate. You can do a 15 to 20 minute workout in your home. And it will have a drastic change on your life. Okay. So I've actually, the past three weeks, it's been, I wake up, very first thing I do is I do a 15 to 20 minute workout right away. Mm -hmm. Then I'll either read a book or I'll get to work on stuff I got to do. And, and that's how I start my day. And how was your relationship now with your, with your daughter? Was there a big difference in improvement in terms of your relationship with your daughter? There absolutely was. Uh -huh. I was I was um, more aware and more present. Yes. And, you know, so there was my health. I wasn't taking care of it. There was my wealth. My finances were down the drain. They were in the toilet. Whatever you want to say, they sucked. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. That's how bad it was. Oh, man. Um, and my relationships. So the trinity or the trifecta, I had to work on all three. And... When I started working on all three, it's amazing how much life changes. You know, I, I discovered one of the key things I discovered was I remember one day I was talking with my daughter and she had, she got upset about something in her reaction. I was like, what? That's not cool. You can't react like that. Like you need to calm down. She just snapped. I was like, no, that's, you're way overreacting. You can't let somebody else control your emotions like that. And then when my mom was in the hospital, I witnessed her doing it. And I was like, wait a minute. They both do that. I caught myself doing it. It's like, son of a gun. I learned it from my mom and I passed it down to my daughter. Oh, my. And we're not aware and of it? I wasn't aware of it. Uh -huh. So that was like part of my journey was this self-awareness. And just the more I discovered about myself, the more areas I could improve upon and be a better human being and feel more joy. So when I caught that, I was like, I'm aware and I do everything I can to make and, sure that I don't And it can also help you in terms of a relationship with other people. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you think... During that time, after you've done all this uh, health and wellness thing and you're improving your relationship with your performance, how how were you able to um, solve that, um, that uh, I mean, manifest that job or that business? Were you able to immediately get the, the business running? How were you able to get that income flow uh, coming in? So it took a little bit of time. I, I focused on growing myself first. And then it got to the point where I had an opportunity. I was offered a job work for, working for somebody. So I said, you know what? Shut down the business. Go take the job. 
was there for maybe four months and I realized that this wasn't the place for me. Mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted out of my business. There's an alarm. Oh. <laughs> a based on national word on oh my. <laughs> the good news is Sorry. I didn't hear it. Well, I just um, saw you panic. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I just saw you panic. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I knew what I wanted out of my business. So I knew that if I wanted to achieve it, I need to know what I want to achieve. I need to set an actual goal instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to start a business and I'll be rich. So I put in my mind what I wanted and I started visualizing it all the time. And when I left that job, the first six months I was back in business, I, re I generated more revenue than it did in two years combined in the other business. I did that in six months. Oh, that's uh, well, how do you remain in that in that power and continue what you do? Because you've now performed better in that in this business rather than in that job, no? So what made you or what pushed you to to stay in that power and then you started generating business uh income? For that i mean what what is that um what was that um thing that pushes you or motivates you to do that or to to do what you want to do i've always been driven i've always had this desire to succeed um i grew up in a basement apartment in north america i grew up close to the poverty line if you look at other countries in the world, I grew up pretty good, but I always had the desire to have more, to be more and to give more. So that helped drive me forward and wanting to be able to provide for my children. I actually had a bucket list and one of my bucket list ideas was I wanted to go to Disney World and I wanted to take my kids. And I remember one day my daughter said to me that a family member had said to her, and this was after her mom and I had separated, family member had said to my daughter that I would never take her to Disney World. I would never be able to. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know what? Whoever said that, mm -hmm. that's irresponsible. You don't say that stuff to a child. If you want to say that to somebody, come say it to me. If you want to question me talking to my daughter about it, then come talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. Again, we get back to manifestation. Mm -hmm. That was on my list of things to do. I actually ordered a DVD, watched it with her. We were working on the plan for when we go. And then when I met my new partner, we actually made a plan and we made it happen. We took our girls to Disney World and it was, wasn't everything I imagined, but it was a lot of fun. It was, it was great fun. So the desire to do something like that, that required the financial income to pay for those bills. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was something I wanted to do. And you took that action. Yes. Uh, it, for sure, it might it must be an uncomfortable action because you had to save more, cut expenses, and uh, um, tighten the belt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there, there were times when I had to work more hours. Yeah. There's times when I was working seven days a week. Mm -hmm. I went through a stretch where I would drop my daughter off Sunday night, 
Monday morning, I go to work. I'd work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wow. Friday. I would stop, pick up my daughter for the weekend, drop her off Sunday. Monday, start the cycle again. I'd work 12 days straight. But I'm sure your daughter was so happy because you've created that memory with her. Yeah, absolutely. And because I was sacrificing time with my new partner to do to put in those hours, to try to balance out a bit when I wasn't working, I made sure that I was completely present in the situation. Mm-hmm. Great. So it seems that manifestation started coming in and showing up into your life. So you have now you are a coach, you're helping other people. How have you helped survivors now? Just by sharing my story. It's impacted them and they feel it. It releases the chains that people feel. People feel like they're tied down in their lives because they can't share their story. They can't let it out. They they don't want to dig deep into it um, for whatever the reasons are. And just hearing somebody else talk about what they're going through and share their story, it helps make it easier for them. It gives them that freedom. A lot of people are still struggling. They are still in their dark bubble and uh, they're just waiting for our stories to be shared um, because, because of fear. They ju- they're just scared of taking uh, action or taking the risk because a lot of fears or doubts and worries would just show up. So in the... In the I know you have achieved now, I could say that you have achieved success because you have achieved uh, or manifested what you want to manifest in life in terms of your relationship, in terms of you yourself, transforming yourself to a a new you and uh, now uh, making an impact not only to your family, to your children, um, but also to other people, those in the construction, uh, in, in this construction business impacting other stakeholders. Oh, that's nice. And advocating uh, uh, mental health awareness and so on. So what would be your next goal for the next 12 months? So this is a big one. Uh-huh. It's it's a big, hairy, scary goal. Uh, it should be but scary. A... Our, goal should, our dream should be scary. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. I heard somebody say, um, it might actually be Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. Whatever your goal is, 10x it. Chances are you're not going to reach that 10x goal, but would you rather fail trying to reach the 10x goal or fail trying to reach your regular goal? Because mm-hmm. if you fail trying to reach your 10x goal, you're probably going to surpass that regular goal. Mm-hmm. So for the next 12 months, I'm really going to up my impact. My goal is to have every week one live in-person event in my community. I want to do 50 of them in the next 12 months. So I'm giving myself two weeks off. What do you mean the live event coming up with? uh, uh, Live in-person events. I'm going to invite people in. Like masterclass or what? Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm going to do presentations. And this is this is focusing focusing more on the business side of 
the coaching because there's a big portion of that that I had to get past that I struggled with. And that's part of what put me into where I was with my mindset. So when I was able to use these tools and I discovered these tools and develop some of my own, it changed my entire business. So now I'm going to do that with the local community. They say that in the first five years, 95% of all small businesses fail. What do you think that does to a person's mindset? I can tell you what it did to mine. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I also want to continue having the impact with speaking with people in the construction industry about men's mental health and about the concerns with it and the alarming rates. So there's you know, and it, it's, a big it's, number of males who's having, sorry. is there really a big number of male, uh, male population Who's experiencing yeah. this kind of a uh, mental problem? Mental. Yes, I believe it was somewhere around forty percent. Oh my! Of, yeah, of all the suicides are males in the construction industry. What do you think is the main reason? So long hours, poor diet, away from family, stresses from the employer. And I would say one of the biggest, biggest impacts, a lot of people that take their lives, they feel like they're useless or worthless to their families. And when you have life insurance, you know, I joked around when I was in the union, I was like, I was worth more dead than alive because of my life insurance policy. If I happen to fall off a roof, guess what? My partner gets full life insurance. Now I can take care of them from the grave. And I can rest. Mm-hmm. Access. Access to end is right there. And it's so easy. And it can be hidden. But do you think that life insurance is more important than your presence? Not at all. Not at all, right? Uh-huh. Not even close. There's no comparison whatsoever. Exactly. But unfortunately, some people, they struggle to see past that. They struggle to see past their own darkness. I'm just wondering because this is a big number. Do you, uh, 40%. Are you saying the 60% are female or not? No, that's of all of all the suicides altogether. The, the male, no? So 40, 40% of them are males in the construction industry. But what... Because I could sense that uh, because the males are different from the females. The females are very open in terms of their emotion. They share it to your friends and so on. But uh, I'm just curious. The the males tend to be just they just they're just closed off. They they don't want to share what they're experiencing because they feel that they should be the macho. They should be the be strong in the family and so on. Do you think this could also be a reason behind that? Absolutely is. Mm-hmm. We have this um this persona that we have to maintain. Yeah. So probably and uh, when you do your I, I don't know huh if having like a a small group like the one in the inner circle we just had last Monday. Yes. I am just amazed by how 
each male contributed and opened up. And um, I feel that this is a way for them to release what they have been carrying for, for how many years, the baggage they have been carrying. And there's, there's yeah. two things, two things right now that I'll mention that are needed for sure to allow males to do that. Uh-huh. Number one, they need a leader to open up first. If there is nobody that leads them that's willing to be vulner- vulnerable and share their experience, they're never going to open up. That's number one. Number two, they've got to be comfortable. And we have the, the way guys are with each other. It's like, it doesn't end in the locker room. It goes all throughout the world where we give each other a hard time. We give each other a hard time all the time. We make fun of each other. We pick on each other. We call each other names that are degrading. But that's how our relationships are. And most men are afraid to speak up because then they're going to get called even more names. So even to your friends or to their friends? Yeah. It's hard? Oh. I have... It's interesting, one of my really good friends, we don't talk very often, but I consider him one of my really good friends, a true friend, because I know that if ever I called him up and said I need anything, he'd be there in a heartbeat. He gives me a hard time like there's no tomorrow. We, I do it to him too. That's what we do. That's the nature of our relationship. But we've also, we also had the understanding and we've had the conversation and we've let it be known that we've got each other's backs no matter what. Some men don't feel that way. They don't feel safe. Well, probably your relationship is really very close. That's why you feel comfortable, okay, saying names and saying all those things. But you still have that feeling that we're like brothers. I have your support. You will have my support. But I just hope, because it seems that based on my observation, there are a lot of male, male, uh, the male population is greater in terms of uh, suicide uh, compared with female. That's what I'm thinking. Which is true, right? Yeah. Uh But I like your goal, huh? This is a a big goal for you. How many many live events that you're planning? 50. 50 for a year? For a year? Yeah. Yeah, starting November 2nd, every Thursday morning. Great. And this is, uh, your audience will be with the stakeholders, with the community, with different groups? Local small business owners Mm -hmm. is where I'm starting. Okay, that's great. That's great. So what do you think would be your major roadblock in achieving your goal? fear (laughs) um and it's not the fear of failure Uh it's the fear of success Um, it will change the pattern of your your yeah i'm I'm very comfortable in my life you know Uh in the intro you talked about apex metal industries Uh and that there has sustained me 
as very much a comfort zone because I can operate that business part time and live a decent life. Mm-hmm. So it's very comfortable and relaxed. Now to change it, I'm gonna have to put in a ton of hard work, which I'm not afraid of hard work. But I wanted to go on vacation. I worked twelve days straight. Uh-huh. Then two days off. So it's I gotta get out of the comfort zone uh-huh. and get past myself because it's not about me. It's about those that I'm gonna serve. And when I go to the small business owners and I connect with them as opposed to going and connecting with just, or I should suggest going and connecting with an employee as opposed to the business owner, I will impact more lives by connecting with the business owner because then the business owner can bring me in to connect with the employees. Whereas if I connect with an employee, they may not have been in a position to bring me in to connect with the business owner and the rest of the employees. And even if I can just help the business owner change their perspective and have an impact on them, it's the compound effect. Uh-huh. Then it spreads to everybody they connect with. Uh-huh. And I believe it's the to the power of three. So the next person they connect with, then the next person that person connects with, and the next person that person connects with. That's so, it. yeah, it's a very, very great way. It's a fantastic way to have an impact. Lovely, lovely. So before we we end, you know, what advice would you like to share with our listeners? There's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're struggling with yourself, take time for yourself. I have a friend who's just dying to get into a relationship. And the universe knows that he wants to get into a desperation and he's not ready. I took time for myself after my high school sweetheart and I, and I didn't work out, fell in love with myself. And when the time was right, I met my new partner and we have an amazing relationship. And I wasn't in a rush. And that, yes, I missed, I missed the connection with relationships, but You've got to be ready for it because if you can't love yourself, you can't love somebody else. Um, and there's another one. Um, this is like one of my favorite sayings. And I usually use it for relationships. So I'm going to use it in that context. Mm-hmm. Relationships are like a fart. If you have to force them, they're probably crap. Whatever it is in your life that you're trying to accomplish, if it feels like it's really forceful, like you're having to force a relationship with somebody or you're having to force somebody to see your side of your your story, it's not worth it. There's something wrong in that relationship there. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be forced. Yes, you should need to explain yourself. That's understandable that people are going to need an explanation, but you shouldn't need to force your opinion down somebody's throat. Because I believe in in a relationship, it's more on connection rather than building a case. Most of the time, it's building a case. Yeah. Yeah. And the relation, uh, building a connection, it's more on communicating really. What is he feeling or what is she feeling? Where is she coming from? 
what are the problems wherein both you both of you could solve the problem but yeah. in, on the other side if it's building a case it's like going past what happened and then trying to it's like in a courtroom right okay this is the case you did this to me you did this to me that cha 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 and then yeah that's it yeah if it's in the past, leave it there. Let it go. Like I said in the mastermind call, uh -huh. you can't change your past, uh -huh. but you can change your perspective. Exactly. Don't keep living the past. Don't keep bringing it up. And don't bring it up with your partner or with other relationships or even with yourself. Learn from it and grow from it. Yeah. We A lot of struggles along the way, but then the the... the important the the gem that we get from the the journey is are the lessons learned absolutely and even the failures failures are really the stepping stones to success but you have to take action and apply them in the yes <laughs> or else it will be the same <laughs> yes one of the misconceptions that many people find with manifestation is they think, oh, if I just manifest, I'll have it. Well, no, you've got to actually put in the work too. Exactly. But yeah. the manifestation is about knowing what you're working for. Uh -huh. And you're clear with what you want. What is your yeah. purpose? Okay. If your target is, I want to manifest money, well, you're going to get a dollar. There's actually, a, Tony Robbins shares this story quite often. He was walking down the street in his early days of being the, the man that he is. And there was a homeless man, asked him for a quarter. So he reached in his pocket, he pulled out a wad of bills, reached back in his pocket, pulled out a quarter and said, here you go. Life will give you what you ask for. Mm -hmm. And he put the bills back in his pocket and kept on walking. Mm -hmm. So what are you asking for in life? You want money? How much do you want? You want a better relationship? How do you want it to be better? What do you want that relationship to look like? Lovely, lovely. So is there someone in who who made an impact on how you view life? There are so many people. Uh -huh. Tony Robbins, when I was a, a teenager, I used to watch his late night infomercials on TV. The coach that we worked together, James Hilliard, uh -huh. Uh -huh. he made a big impact on my life. You made an impact on my life. Hearing you share your story and the struggles you went through with your family helped give me more strength and courage to share mine. Oh, um. I was in Nashville in March of 2022 at an event, a seminar, and there was one speaker that stood out in particular, and that's because the story she shared resonated with me so much about my story, and that helped change my perspective. I try to be inspired by everybody. My, my stepdaughter, she rides horses. Last week at the playoffs, she was in the playoffs. She made it first year of going horse show. She made it to the playoffs. Yeah. She got thrown off her horse, oh and her safety vest that's supposed to protect her from injury. There's a zipper on the front. The zipper turned up and stabbed her in the chin. Oh my! She didn't need stitches. But it was close though. But she got up. She was felt fine. But she had to sit down, have the medic take care of her. Half an hour later, she was back on that horse doing the course again. The hard work because there's a goal she wants to achieve. Because other people would just cry and complain, okay, and then stop. Yeah. Yeah. How many times in life do we get knocked down and we, we don't want to get back up? Yes. 
One of Sylvester Stallone's famous sayings, it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's about how many times you get knocked down and get back up. Don't let life keep you down. Just keep getting back up. Life is great, so don't miss that uh, opportunity. It's just a matter of you grabbing that opportunity because opportunities, they only knock once. But I always hear that so grab that opportunity. Uh, another thing, actually, opportunities are at the borderline of your comfort zone. They will yeah. show up once you get go out or you yeah. take the risk of going out of your comfort zone. One more, uh -huh. one more inspirational person I need to mention is the person that hosted that mastermind, and that's Coach Michael Faber. He's he's unbelievably he's. If you look at the appearance. It throws you off because he's got a long beard, uh -huh. backwards baseball cap. So quite often he's seen wearing track pants or shorts and a t-shirt, but he's a great person, great coach. He's got a heart of gold. Another person that inspires me. It's by, I look for inspiration and I find it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, see, there are a lot of people who really, who have gone through so much in life. Yeah. We just need to live, to hear their stories, and that would just inspire and empower us to stand up again, evolve, and keep progressing. Absolutely. Oh my dog, how will I will they be able to reach out to you? So that uh, so the easiest way to find me would be on Facebook, Coach Farrier, or through Instagram, Douglas underscore Farrier. This was a great, uh, great, great interview, dog. I, I, I've learned so much from you, and I'm sure the listeners were able to get so much value from from your story, from what you have gone through, how you were able to overcome all those obstacles. And now, look at you with that smile. I just love seeing you with that smile and uh, having a, a new uh perspective in terms of uh viewing life oh my thank you so much dog for this wonderful uh opportunity it's it's really an honor to have you here you're welcome and thank you for having me i appreciate uh, it very much uh thank you so much dog and to the listeners again thank you and till next episode bye <laughs>